West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 14th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan at Kowal McCaton, as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening listeners, it is Wednesday once again, it is County Views, West Limerick, 102FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West, and and the panel tonight is Coral McCurton and Tom Ryan as usual, and Jason Smith is our producer, and I'm starting with some music and something we normally don't do in this particular one, I, some old, I have a, a very, very, very large amount of vinyl records, and I got through them from time to time, and I came across this one last night, which I I found was quite interesting and I hope to do it in the next week or so in the story and song it is down in a coal mine it's, it's basically the history of coal mining and the strikes in America and uh, the deaths that took place and murder that took place in relation to miners strikes their conditions etc terrible times and Mary Harris Jones, she caught my attention in it, and I'm sure many people would have heard of her, Mary. She was known as Mother Jones. She was born in Cork City in Douglas. It was in County Cork, it was described in, I'm sure Douglas would have been County Cork in 1837. She was the daughter of a farmer, and she went on, She was known as Mother Jones from 1897 onwards, was an Irish-born American school teacher, a dressmaker, who became a prominent union organizer, community organizer, and activist. She helped coordinate major strikes and co-founded the Industrial Workers of the World. After her husband died, she had four, uh, after Jones's husband died, and she was left with four children, they all died from yellow fever in 1867. And her dress shop was destroyed in the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. She became an organizer for the Knights of Labor and the United Mine Workers Union. In 1902, she was called the most dangerous woman in America for her success in organizing mine workers and their families against mine owners. There's many more pages, folks, on that, on her life story there. And I thank Jason Smith for pulling some of it together and Shirley O'Regan for giving me some further information. But on the sleeve of the, the, sleeve of the old 78, which was recorded in, in the early 1960s, the death of Mother Jones. Mother Jones was the f- most remarkable woman produced by the American labor movement. She organized coal miners in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Colorado, and dozen other states. She had a caustic tongue, Irish wit, incredible nerve, indomitable courage, and sympathy for the disinherited. This song appeared soon after her death in 1930. It was recorded by George Carson in Monaghan, West Virginia in 1940. And all his, all his songs, there's a lot of songs on that LP. Wonderful, clear, very distinct. So we will start with the first song, which is The Death of Mother Jones, and that's what it says in the sleeve. 
And when Dublin is finished, then I will play immediately after the Ludlow Massacre. I'm sure Corral McCorton heard of the Ludlow Massacre and many people interested in workers' rights would have had. And the Ludlow Massacre was during the strike of 1914. They were attacked and 14 children were murdered. So that song will come after the first one, so we'll just pause on the first one. So away we go with the life story of that very famous Cork woman who was born in Douglas in County Cork in 1837. She lived till she was 97 years of age. And here goes. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. That was the Ludlow Massacre, and that was by Joe Glazier, and the guitar playing was by Charlie Bourne. And very, very sad, tough times indeed. And of course, we had our own somewhat similar situation in Scotland with the potato people going from the west of Ireland and many, many of those died also in a barn that was set on fire in Scotland. Uh, I hope John Harold enjoyed those, those particular songs. John is Mr. Music and man himself, a wonderful man here in the radio station. And I showed him that a little earlier on, and he never heard or saw of, the, of that singer. And I must say he was very clear and distinct. So, folks, I hope that entertained you. I won't say much more because it's very, very sad. And hopefully I will record that in the next week to watch some Saturday soon because it's a full... Basically, all the songs are based on the history and the difficulties of the miners in America in the, in the 1800s. <coughs> now back to the night activities of course we have all kinds of things happening and what really brought that to my attention about the miners and the strikes and that there was a bit of a protest down in Shannon Golden on Monday last and somebody a few people ran to me that he'd made the, 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 the television national television news item and I felt that I would like to invite somebody from Shannon Golden here on this Wednesday night to talk about the difficulty. I was told by the person I was speaking to that a notice appeared in the post office on last Friday that the post office in Shannon Golden would be closing in two weeks' time. So I said, would you send somebody answers on Wednesday night and we'll cover it for you and do our best to give you whatever support is possible. So the kind gentleman was kind enough to ring me back on yesterday afternoon to tell me that they weren't making any speaker available, they weren't issuing any further radio bulletins on the matter and that uh, local TDs were going to take care of the matter for them. I wish you well in Shannon with your post office. And of course, we had a major meeting in, in a day some time back, uh, tried to protesting about the post office. And then, uh, as Mother Joan said, you, you need to be unionized and you need to be organized. And you don't just lift your flag one evening and then I'll run, run off home for your afternoon tea and hope everything will be fine. Corral, how are you? Not so bad at all, no, yes. Uh, well, just uh, referring there to the 
after the first uh, couple of songs, uh, obviously Woody Guthrie yeah. was a very inspiring uh, writer of songs, and he, you know, recorded, you know, especially you know the, the, the days of the depression in the states, and he really, you know, spoke up for you know the disenfranchised, the poor, the people who were struggling. And uh, you know he, you know, anytime you would hear his songs, it would it would stir you and inspire you. You know, people like that. Uh, you know, of course, Mother Jones. Uh, obviously, she was a fantastic person. Uh, she, she was so brave. It's amazing that she lived for like 100 years because the history of America is that anybody who poses the system yeah. doesn't last so long. I mean, like you know, and that that applies from presidents down. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the closure of the post office in Chandigarh or the, the proposed closure. Uh, I haven't the full facts on it. Uh, is it how the person that's, that owns the post office is pulling out or is it being foisted on them? All I know was that the man told me that there was a notice up in the post office last Friday, he said, and that it was been closed in two weeks. <coughs> yeah. And they were on the television and they had cameras and they were all down there in their glory as is normal enough and it says um, uh, the photograph there in the paper in, in uh, say about post office no post office closure so it seemed to be sounded like a one day event from the protest yes, by the uh, things, you know? I don't know the candle of the matter uh, I know that Joanne Collins has been down there our uh, a candidate for the next election. Uh, I didn't get a chance to speak to her. I tried to phone her out and I didn't want to get the facts. So I, I'm reluctant to say too much without knowing all the facts. Is that how the person who owns the post office or runs the post office wants to retire and there's nobody willing to take over? Or is that how on post has said, well, if it's on post that's demanding that they close, I mean, it must be opposed, you know, all the way. Because Shannon Gordon is like many, many other places. Once you lose your, once you lose your post office, it affects all the businesses around, especially uh, the shops, uh, pubs, uh, just commercial life. Uh, and it's such a denial of basic rights, uh, basic facilities uh, that people had all along and got used to. Where are they supposed to go to? And again now, with the rising cost of energy, fuel, uh, where where do these people go? Are, are, are they forcing people into this new system that everybody has internet banking? Everybody, nobody sees anybody, and that is it. You know. So again, I I would applaud the people who have come out there. Uh, I would support them all the ways, and I hope it, it uh, continues. And if there is a, a premises in Chandigarh, if, if it is a thing that the premises is closing, that the person who has the post office uh, cannot continue, and I'm sure there is somebody within the village or the town there uh, to continue. Uh, Tom, it just seems a bit odd that you, you would have national television down on Monday and you wouldn't be speaking to the local radio and choose the voters at all to make no speaker available seems peculiar and that the local councillors or, or TDs were going to take care of it more or less was the answer that I got. Well Pat, I, I think myself that, you know, that, that, that speaks for itself alone, you know. Mm. I mean, uh, kind of um, a one day, as you call it, a one day event and when they hadn't the, whatever it took to come on and explain the situation that Kiran is, has made a big speech in their favour there and he doesn't know the facts I don't know the facts no one knows and we think that they come on and have, the, the, have at least 
to tell the people locally, like, yeah. and to be depending on local TD, surely if you're closing a, a major, it, it would be a major business in Shenangold. It has to be like in any village at the post office, like, and it's a trend again. You think that the, the local councillors and TDs would have been aware of it long before, and maybe not until the, the sign is propping the door, closed for business, but down the line they should have seen this coming and have made the arrangements and it's a downright shame that that whoever is the organisers could make people available that means could make some money available that, that, to me it's that to be model code that they call it anyway, nothing else yeah. like they, they felt it was a requirement on their part to invite uh, national television on Monday and Correct. have a protest and have uh, so forth their uh, speakers there as well uh, yeah. and come Tuesday they didn't wish to pass any form to comment on the matter I don't think Pat did what I'm talking about it when, if that's the kind of an attitude that they have well then I wouldn't be bothered talking well I would just like to highlight from yes. people wonder what's happening that, that is the message I got back when I thought I could be of some assistance to them to highlight that. in the case of a Tay post office a few people want me about that one a Tay is literally 12 miles from this store, I suppose and maybe 12 or 10 from Newcastle West and it's another 8 or 9 from Abbeyfield so it's a long way from literally any major town and they had meetings and meetings they had all the TDs and the councils and they had every time they can hurry and they have no post office today well Pat you see that again it's a sign of um, whatever the, whatever is behind it it's a sign of the times and the sad times that again that your villages have been drained of infrastructure and cr crucially infrastructure and today just to add to what you're talking about Pat to hear the head honchos in the EIB above before the finance committee in the Dáil and they're crying into their into their glass about the decision that they made to close down and have no more cash in banks and all that it is a pathetic way that our financial and our infrastructure financially has been run nationally you know I mean and to hear them gurus on probably half half a million a year saying oh we got it wrong and we made a mistake and we didn't realise the amount of the amount of, of of protest would be, but the worst of all, Pat, the worst of all, and settle that on that board of EIB you have two directors appointed by the Minister for Finance and the government, and there isn't one solitary word about them. They were at the meeting that this decision was made at, in their there in their full. Drawing their expenses, drawing their salaries, which you can be certainly sure are a hefty cash payment in the year for being on the board of EIB, and they didn't have the the interest even to report back to the minister and let alone go public about it. It's an absolute disgrace. And also, like, you know, to bear in mind that they were bailed out by the people, they were bailed out, you know, I mean, uh, oh, sure. uh, after sure. the crash sure. in That's 2000, a given, like, everyone knows the history of them, like. Uh, and coming back to the post offices, uh, at least uh, the post offices that are operating, uh, you can now lodge, if you're, whatever bank like you're in, the post offices, not every post office, but most of them, you can lodge no money through the post office to your local bank account. Now, if, if the Shannon Golden post office was, that's another uh, service gone, uh, what do they do? Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's just outrageous yeah. that uh, in this day and age that uh, 
something that was always there. It was just on the present day about uh, the old shops in Bradford. And the, the, the amount of shops that were in Bradford going back 50 years ago, and the amount of services that were there. And this is true of all uh, villages mm -hmm. and towns. And now we have nothing. Corral, you, you, you have been a campaigner and a protester over the years, like myself and Tom uh, as well. But I, I was involved here in chairman of the Business Association here for many years. And we protested, we went into Limerick, we protested to get one hour free parking, we protested for various things. I was involved in the NCT to get a better deal for the NCT, get it locally, get all kinds of things. I was involved in a lot of those things and we had crowds out. But we always stated, I was also involved with uh, radiation and mobile phone mass now that we spoke all over the countryside. The crowds will come out, they'll pack a hall when they have a problem. And as soon as their problem is, is solved, they're gone. Mm -hmm. That's the sad thing about it. In case of I'm all right, Jack, and therefore you have no continuation. Red Keel now, for example, they had a protest also about their banks and also about uh, the, the, the machine. And it all fizzles away. I was talking to a lady today, she went into the bank in Red Keel. She wanted to lodge a cheque. They don't take cheques, they don't take money, they don't give out money in the bank in Red Keel. And where's the protest now, Corral? They've all gone away home about their business for their yeah, afternoon tea. They'll well. protest, they'll be off steam. I think Churchill made the famous statement, encourage them to have their protest, and, and that'll make them happy, and they'll go away home, and we'll continue then with what we're doing. Yeah, people have little victories, and then they think they know that they have won. Yeah. But then uh, they realise that, that they've achieved very little. They become despondent, despairing. Uh, they just feel that they have no power. Uh, but it's up to people and, and political parties to show leadership and to sustain it. Resilience is very important in all of these things. You must keep it up. You must keep fighting. You must not let the power that be forget that you're still there. And you have to be, you know, you know it's not, a, it's not, I would say, a one-day wonder. It's not, you have to keep at it and that, that, that you're not going to be trampled on. You're, you're not going to be, you know, uh, browbeaten. And you keep on struggling until you get and, and, and maintain what you want. Sure, Tom, we've seen it all over the countryside. The protest this, protest that, and they're all out, and they all go home, and it dies down, and they rarely get what they want. An occasional victory. Well, you get very, very few victories, actually. And, you know, I mean, it's all right to say that it's the people themselves that are really at the blame for, for the, you know, we're, we're a blame culture here and we like to have a, have a target. And, of course, naturally enough, our, our first target is always the government. And But we always, like, forget to, to add a... Uh, the bit that we elected ourselves and we voted from and we keep voting from and you see anyone with an idea like I mean Christy Kelly like and myself and other people that and Cyril who put ourselves down and went before the electorate like we didn't even get a chance so like I mean it's a, a situation it's like a dog falling his tail or a cat falling his tail you know it, it's there's we're great to complain but then we go back to the status quo come day when the ballot is open and we're afraid of new ideas we're afraid of people that that, that are outspoken and we go to status quo knowing that they're not going to do anything other than what they did before and that's really have it in the mess we're in at the moment nationally locally and nationally like 
Yeah, yeah, but see, also, Tom, and, and that, the big aim in all of this is they want to make this a cashless society. Well, now, it, it has happened in, in other parts of Europe. Yeah, uh, I understand uh, that. And that's, yeah. that, is, that, that is, we said, the long-term goal of the powers that be, that uh, they don't want any of these things, that you can do everything through your phone, through your internet, everything is tracked, everything is traced about you. Yeah. And, of course, they are forgetting about the older generations that are not knowledgeable or, or which are reluctant to learn you know, the new ways of banking, uh, the use of the but phone, myself included. Yes, well, and that's so I agree with you 100%. But surely the guidelines. Well, that's not excuse. Yeah, no excuse. And all these gurus that you mentioned earlier on, they were all bailed out by the taxpayer for hundreds of millions. Yeah, like, yeah. And any of them didn't ever have to account for what they did, never mind do anything, yeah. have, any, have any, like, I mean, sentence I mean, put on them. They were all there in, sitting in board of directors. The same at the board of directors, the two directors, they are appointed by the government. They sat in the AIB and let them close down their cash servicing services. Like, yes. so I mean, but why weren't they removed? Why weren't they named? Why is exactly. the Minister for Justice being questioned about that above the door? Like, yeah. and say, so who are these people? And have, are they still there? If they're not, uh, you have, uh, then you, you, you have all the head hands right into the air with their, you know, looking for, oh, we were doing, going through this and we were going through that and we shouldn't have done this and we shouldn't have done that. And even being get sacked over it all. And, and we're told that the government owns or the, the people which, for to make the laugh really bigger and louder. The people that they own the banks. Now, folks, we're moving up to the clock time. And uh, as we all know, we've discussed here there doesn't seem to be accountability and I know many people tell me they're totally frustrated with what's going on. I talked to men this evening, as I said, the lady with the chick, she couldn't, she was told to go to Redkeel, she was told to go from Redkeel to Adair or Newcastle West to do her transactions there. And Adair were the people, as I said, were protest, protesting a couple of years ago. That's what they've got today. And uh, another man I was talking to this evening, he had to put uh, somebody onto his insurance policy. They were home on holidays. An hour and a half he waited on his phone. And that's common for most people are well aware of that at this stage, you know. And as you said, you said about uh, the old people, they have no more respect for old people. You go into the council offices now, they won't take cash for various transactions. It is card. Cash is legal tender, and yet they won't take it. Go into matches. Tom, we were talking about it last week, week before. They won't take cash going into the matches. Well, they have reversed that now because I've, yeah. I've been at a couple of matches recently, yeah. and they realise yeah. that they're, they're, that they were down because uh, a lot of people just said. Yeah. You might have you might have booked a ticket for the match, but then you might be able to go. So like, you were down your five or ten to hold it there, folks. It's ten o'clock on this Wednesday ten night, minutes. and this program is repeated tomorrow morning. In case when you hear ten o'clock, me telling you ten o'clock tomorrow, it, it won't be ten o'clock at all. It's ten o'clock on this Wednesday night. You're tuned to West Limerick One or Two FM. This program is going out live. We have a number of text messages there. We'll get to them after the ad break. And if you want to text in or call in 0696620 or 087. One double six nine eight hundred, and I thank the few people who sent in messages there to tell us the, the Ludlow's uh, very famous ballad group from the 60s and they got their name from that Ludlow massacre in America during that minor strike. So we'll go to an ad break back to shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West. 
for all your legal requirements. Phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. TOD.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 14th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Carol McCarton, as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. Uh, welcome back, listeners. You're joined to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West in County Limerick. And this program is live. It's County Views every Wednesday night going out from half past nine until 11. And if you want to text in or call in 0696600 or 0876969800. Pat, can the panel discuss the sites of sale by NAMA? Thank you, Patty O'Callaghan and Dale. Coral, you're familiar with that? I must admit that I'm not. I've, I've heard about it. I know very little about the background. I have to admit that. Yeah. So I, I will pass on that. It's all yours, Tom. Well, like playing poker, I pass. Pass. <laughs> Thank you, Saddle. <laughs> um, I, I, I know a bit about it, Pat, because uh, when, it, when, it, when, it hit, uh, when it hit the headlines originally, uh, I think that uh, our Minister for Finance was, he had a part in it, like uh, Michael Noonan. And as it turned out now, we've had, again, another another inquiry by a justice, a a retired judge called Cregan, I think his name was, and his report came out last week, conveniently enough, to the hall of the Queen Dial, and all the headlines gone. I, I read about it and um, I read about it actually in detail because I had an interest in it due to the fact that there was a local interest in it and um, I suppose I, I put it down as one of the biggest scandals out in Emma. This is a very serious matter and uh, this it, it underlines and undermines the fundamentals of business. People buying shares in companies, the, uh, the oversight and the regulators of these companies, it, under, it, it undermines every every like, idea like of our financial dealings in in the country. It's all been covered up for the simple reason that the, the perpetrators and the people that oversaw it are in power now. I mean, this was just done under, under the guise of... of was Mick Wallace, it was, is that the one Mick no, Wallace just no, raised? No, 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 no. This, this was, this was a, a, a different gentleman yeah. that owned all the telephone companies and made all the money out of, um, out of the licence yeah. fee and went all We hold that there, so <laughs> Oh, do we want to hold it? We want to explain about it. This inquiry, if you mind, cost 30 million. And and according to according to one of the parties in, in the dial, one of the smaller parties, it could cost seventy million. Imagine an inquiry by a judge 
over matters like over it was there is an inquiry so that meant that there were irregularities he found irregularities to be very very serious costing millions the state wrote off through the bank to uh, the 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 the, 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 the bank uh, they, they took it over like when the when the when the collapse came and the bank wrote off i think for the 140 million and in order that the, that the company say itself would be sold to what's his name again the your man Dennis O'Brien Dennis O'Brien this, you know Dennis O'Brien bought the company and the actual owner of the company he actually uh, didn't he didn't uh, advise his own people he didn't advise his the board we call him like he did boards like for the mind of, of the dealing at all he done a private deal with O'Brien and uh, he took shares what I think was 800,000 uh, in this in the new company that, that Dennis O'Brien bought and farmed and at the time there was a, a higher bid of I think for 18.5 million for the company as well so I mean I think myself now that this is a, this is this is a scandal I mean okay we honor the banking scandal this had its origins in the banking scandal but you know with the whole name of dealings and how, and and the outcome of that and the, and the transactions that occurred I mean if this isn't inquired into and if there isn't uh, if there isn't a fraud inquiry into it I mean we're we're in a serious position in this country and every every uh, public company in the country that's registered uh, in the stock exchange has to be under definitely you couldn't buy a share in that company after reading the, the, the contents of this report and now if you don't mind this could cost 70 million to inquire into this like, by one judge and now they're talking about an inquiry into an inquiry so I mean it's at this time now that, that, that someone right, took up Nothing too unusual any of that. I, Patrick, guess the Post Network is in a serious trouble. The commission and salary that postmasters are getting is very small and it's not worth their while to operate. If the social welfare contract is not renewed, many more post offices will face closure from Cairn. Uh, what's the deal with all this trans stuff going on in Limerick? Needs to be discussed as soon as possible. There is no name on that one, but there is a spare chair here down in in front of me tonight so you're more than welcome to give us a call and you can sit in here next Wednesday night and you can discuss the matter yourself in detail and as I said there was a spare seat so you can 0696200 or you can telephone myself on 087997340 because we get all kinds of advice from all kinds of people without giving any name and Tom Ryan and myself and Coral McCourton and all the others who come in here at least we're man enough woman enough and we have the women at least to give our honest opinion for whatever it is worth and it is not nice when people are telling you do this that and the other thing and they won't even put their own name to it does your panel pass have anything to say on the forthcoming budget as everyone else seems to have regards James Holmes at thank you James and I hope you don't miss your post office too much in the and that you're surviving all right without it you probably heard me pass and comment on that a little earlier so we'll take that one lads and gentlemen does the panel have have anything to say on the forthcoming budget as everyone else seems to have regards well 
uh, obviously uh, the cost of living crisis is upon us. Uh, it's uh, out there for everybody to they're experience it. You have uh, fuel energy uh, difficulties. Uh, people are uh, despairing. Uh, we have been doing a lot of canvassing in the last couple of months, and the cost of living is the main one at, at the door. And on top of this is the cost of energy, cost, cost of fuel. Uh, I know that today they have risen the, the minimum wage uh, to, by, by 80 cents. That is not sufficient at all. Uh, with a promise that it will go up to I think something like 13 euros in a couple of years' time, uh, people just cannot make ends, ends meet, and this is applying to uh, right across the board. Now, people on good wages, people on very good wages, are finding it very, very, very difficult. So the way I would look upon this now is uh, during COVID, at the outset of COVID, there was an emergency declared, and that emergency is still there. It's on the books. So I can't see why they can't declare an emergency now when it comes. There has to be a cap put on the cost of electricity. Uh, because some of the bigger companies, especially the, the wind farm companies, are making massive, massive, massive profits. Nobody is telling us what the real cost of gas or diesel or fuel is. Why this jump every so often? Like there's been three or four successive uh, increases in, in the cost of electricity by all the companies. Now, when these companies were formed, we were told uh, that uh, competition is the life of, of our business. Now, when one puts it up, the rest put it up. Where is, where is, where is the actual competition? There is no competition there. So it's up to the government now because everybody is depending on, everybody, I say there isn't a home that is not depending on just, say, electricity. Just before we go to you, Tom, I was talking to the man this evening about timber and some persons were waiting to get timber cut, to get a, a license to cut the timber. It took three years before they got the license. Now the market has fallen out of the, system they can't sell their timber he said the last was what came in was going to England England market has kind of collapsed somewhat on the demand for timber and on another light now that's the gist of what he said I, I drive a master van um, Renault master and there are side lights in the side of the van it's fairly long and I cut it in bush or something, one of the little small black penalties about nine inches long with a little light inside in the middle of it. Uh, that was missing. And uh, I got onto the main dealer this evening, it would cost 150 for the two little pieces. And known in stock, known in Ireland, and he said, it'll be three months before we'd have that in. It has to come from France. That's one of many things I've heard another person that were getting part of an engine six months before to come in. So it's fairly serious out there. And that's the other side of it. Cyril is unrightly so about the people who can't afford to pay this. And every time you go to looking at something, it's kind of open price. Opportunity knocks. In some cases, I think they're taking advantage of it. Yes, Tom? Well, Pat, I suppose we've discussed the budget nearly every night here in in piecemeal like you know the actual the budget like is like everyone else's budget in any household I mean the cost of living definitely and the cost of energy and the services are are writing by the day but there's more to a budget than that 
I mean, the actual, I mean, the, if you were looking after the budget of this country, like, you'd have to be looking at the waste in the budget, you know, the, the, the amount of waste and the amount of of, in, of incompetence that is involving the, our, our financial affairs, the Department of Finance, and all the departments, really, the wastage you take, the, I, mean, I mean, the health services, for instance, and what happened there with the PPE, like, I mean, and the millions that were, that were really fraudulently, like, I mean, ordered and never used, that, that kind of a situation. And we hear it again. I'd be very, very worried that, that um, the thing is, is will go out of control completely because of the incompetence of the individuals that's running the, the I mean the country I mean the country. They're a clue. They're only they, and you know they're taking so they're after bringing forward I mean the budget. You think they're after bringing forward by six months. A fortnight like is what they brought forward the budget to these are dates. They already have the figures. All they're doing is dialing them up and fiddling them around from and uh, now the big thing is oh the corporate the corporate um, as as with a section of of the income, we can't guarantee that's going into the future. I mean, why can't we? It's really, I suppose, it's it's a bonus, really. But it's how to use the bonus, how to use the money, how to how to govern and how to manage this crowd like they are in. And I'm and I'm talking about ministers and civil servants and their and their officers and and their departments, which are now have got a big rise as well, and guaranteed money and getting back money back to last. Every for the mind, in case they be shot of anything coming into the winter. We have to look after the people in this country that need to be looked after, the, the vulnerable people. And they are the people that, that, that are struggling. They have to be sectioned out and that we singled out and that we looked after. So have the people in that, that need medical services. In the areas of disabilities, where you have people waiting for operations for scoliosis and for all those things, and they can't get the money, they can't, they, they can't provide it. And that money is there. That money is being squandered and being given away to people that don't need it and to agencies that don't need it. I mean, to think about it. The horse racing industry in this country are getting 100 million a year. There was a race in Leopardstown at the college weekend for a million pound, and it was won by millionaires, won by the likes of Magner and company below in Coolmore, who have all paintings inside and worked hundreds of millions under the ground, under lock and key. I mean, what's, what's going on in the country? Like, why can't these people pay their money and pay their, and be made, be made pay? And uh, and this and, uh, and and a fairness there. If you if if you work in a factory here in Newcastle West, you're taxed every Friday night or however you're paid. You're taxed to the hilt. Your pay while is taken out of your wages. You don't even see it, and that goes into a, an exchequer. There's gurus in this country with hundreds of millions and billions now, and they have to pay one shilling tax. And where sh- and, and there's people waiting for operation. There's thousands of children. There's 36 of them now waiting for. I think. Uh, for for a medicine that that would be that there is money that to buy it and and they give money to the GA, to rugby, to Hofstra in Ireland, to the IRFA. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm. That's what it is. An uh, absolute uh, disgrace. You know, uh, latest figures and facts uh, uh, have shown uh, the companies and corporations that have to issue their annual annual returns. Their profits are rising year by year. Uh, 
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 14th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Kowal McCarton, as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Now we're back, folks, live, so just in case something might be said that mightn't be suitable for years at this hour of the night. Um, I was out in the city last Saturday night, which is a rare occurrence for me, but uh, n- not on a pub crawl or anything like that, and I met a lot of people that I would have recognised there. It was the Kilfenora Kelly Band at Lime Tree, a very, very fine performance. There was about 14 performers between the band and the dancers and the singer in El Vahan. But uh, one disappointing aspect of it was for me, uh, uh, there she goes, so she, he's always mourning, always complaining. But I've been complaining on this one for a long time, and I think it's very sad. And I'm sure Coral will agree with me, and Tom will also. They did not play the national anthem. Occasionally I get to knock a dairy when I have time of a Saturday night, and every band I've ever seen, there are one man, two men, three people playing the band. They've always played the national anthem. We were reared with the national anthem. Our people fought for the national anthem for our rights of independence. But on the BBC at 12 o'clock at night and you'll get God save whoever it is now they're saving, the Queen or the King or somebody. Always. But how we have lost respect in this country, it begs belief. A wonderful performance by the band playing the Royal Kelly Band. But for me, the disappointing aspect was I couldn't follow it such a traditional band as those did not play the national anthem, Tom. Yeah, well, Pat, I've been to, to a lot. Of, I, I go to a lot of events, you know, in that line, and uh, particularly in the traditional line, and in the the actual uh, drama line as well, and entertainment in general. I, 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 we've been a great supporter, Matt Tierney, my heart, and myself, and uh, whoever we can drag along with us, uh, our course in the common, uh, with us, like, and I have, yeah, as you rightly said, and you've mentioned it a few times, and I, I agree with you 100%, that it, it appears to be uh, a kind of the forgotten part of Ireland, mm. and and uh, at matches we uh, we played it's hardly played no at all. And if it hit, it's the shortened version of it. It'd be in the television. There you'll see it at, at the big games. It's only a kind of a, a token, like a, again. But uh, at those events. And I've been quite a lot of them with all the bands, with, you know, because I was in, I was in Mullingar, like the night that John Lynch got hit the ward, and it was a huge night there, and with the Kilfenora again, and uh, it wasn't played there. I was in Brubaru with the Blackwater, and uh, they're, they're coming from the heart and soul of, of, of Tyrone, a wonderful band as well, and uh, they didn't play the National Anthem either. And anywhere we went, to anywhere at all, the John B. Cain plays all the, they're all, all 
there during the spring and during the summer and now again for the autumn with the help of God we'll be supporting them all again and I would actually encourage people to go to events like that because these are wonderful artists we have a, a huge tradition especially with, with, with the cultists and what they have created and we have to support all those artists and bands and local bands because they had a rough time during COVID and they give wonderful entertainment we take them for granted but we should support them as well Pat but I agree with you Pat we have to go back to our national anthem it should be played at club matches as well it should be played at all off-season matches regardless and it's not been done there either you know no Coral well but, uh, uh, I would tie in with a respect for the flag as well which correct oh yes people do not know and actually there's been various uh, supplements with various papers about the, the history of the flag Thomas uh, uh, Thomas Francis Marr who brought it to Ireland the meaning of it how it should be uh, displayed where it should be displayed uh, how to respect it again a lot of people just ignore all these you know I mean and these protocols really apply to flags all over the sorry all over the world it's not unique to Ireland. There are many countries, and you would not uh, uh, say disrespect the flag. Well, look, well be, you, I agree with you, Cheryl. 100%. Right, right. It's, a good right. Idea. it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Now, the play on the national anthem, I know at many venues, it's a great way of telling everybody the night is over, you're having a good time, but we're going home, and you play the national anthem. And uh, most times, people like will stand for it, will sing it. Uh, how it has uh, died out at, at uh, court as uh, and things like that, whether it is that people are so buoyed up and you know, buoyed and happy, you know, that that they overlook it. Maybe it's, it's something that should be brought to, to the attention of uh, Lauras or Monaco and the powers that be in Cortes. Um, maybe later. Like I don't think it's uh, uh, deliberate. I don't think it's deliberate. Well, I uh, think it is. I think it is, Cyril. Is that? Yeah. I, I do yes, because yeah. it's true. It's true. Too casual. What you've said there is, and to mention the flag with the national anthem is is, is very good because that it, that should be coming from our schools. Oh, sure, yeah. That should be coming out from the classroom. If you go to America and let and we don't quote America, we don't take a, a, a example from them. But all glory there means everything, and and you want you you respect that, and like and that is the situation. Like I mean, with them in that flag, so the, and it's it's famous in song and story there, like and history as well. Mm -hmm. And but but then again, our trend and path is one man here. He has I must compliment him. He's he's always brought it up. All history, all traditions, all games, all music are kind of only for a certain section, because we have a section in this country who are kind of nearly above and beyond that, and we can see that without trips to over England to watch the, the multi-millionaires participate in, in football or whatever you call it, it's more like, t t I mean, whatever t t they call it, by the droves. So that influence here is is waning, and we need to rec we need we need to recover that in order to secure ourselves as a people. And especially now with the, with the new in, uh, people that are coming to join us, we need to establish ourselves and we need to show them that we are a nation. And this nation was, was fought hard for and blood lost for it and people died and people are still suffering. Right, I, I'll go back I, to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, 
1922, it's 100 years. I mean, there should have been greater, greater emphasis. Of course, there should have been. Right road, road, not just yet. But again, no direction, no leadership given uh, by the powers that be. But afraid period. Now, in fairness to Heather Humphreys, in 2016, that period, she was on about the flag, and they issued, you said there was yes. leaflets, bulletins, every how you oh, was, the flag, yeah. you respect the flag. In fairness, they did do a, a job. Yeah, but coming back to what you were talking about, on, 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 like about protesting, yeah. you must keep it up. You, it cannot be uh, a one-day wonder or, or for a week, and then it's all yeah. forgotten about. Uh, you know, those things. You, you, can drive, you can drive through Ireland uh, in early morning and you'll see I won't embarrass anyone any place but you can go anywhere you like early morning and the Irish flag is still in time because they never took it down which they are supposed to take that's it down yeah, it is right. not being yeah. taken down there is that's absolutely right. no respect for the Irish flag yeah. or the national but, anthem but, yeah, yeah but Tom was, uh, as, as for uh, singing or uh, playing the, the national anthem at every GA venue before a match, I don't think it's practical now. I don't think that would be practical because you, you, you wouldn't have a, a PS system that would be suitable, etc. No, I must say one thing. Uh, I must say one thing. Uh, I got all the matches uh, and, and, and credit to them. The Canadian J Club hosts the Junior B uh, uh, Championship. You know, oh, correct, they do, yes. And yeah, the yeah. national anthem is played before every yeah. match there. There is no reason why they won't play the GA clubs. They have a good PS system already. The GA clubs, I mean, they have been, they have to, they're in receipt of money, money the most of them, hundreds of thousands of grants. And they could put in a PA and they can build stands and they can put up pitches and they can build, uh, I mean, ball walls. And, and they can be all weather pitches and they should be definitely we need to be emphasizing what the people we are we, we have also on. raised here in the past the fact that Ella Maria the wire she won the All-Ireland singing and yet on those matches they were playing it out of a tape we had a similar situation you have people like those a score monster you win it and then you have a monster match taking place in Limerick or Cork or Toulouse, whatever the following day or the following Sunday week later, and it is a tape they're playing, which is appalling behaviour. Now we'll go back into this machine of mine we'll here. Just one Sorry, thing yeah, about, uh, yeah. said the national. Again, I think when they introduced Ireland's call into into Romney matches, again, it it shifted you know, the national anthem, you know, the importance of the national anthem. Yeah. Okay, that was, it excuses that were given at the time. Undermined it completely. It, it, it undermined yeah, it completely. Yeah, that's, that's the word. That's, that's what it did. It did. And did that means it undermined our culture and, and our nationality. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it did. And the people that did it should be ashamed of themselves. And the people that allowed them to do it uh, uh, should be ashamed of themselves as well. But in the cost, that's the rugby fraternity like. Mm -hmm. And, and we're uh, 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 listening, we're being bombarded with him on and on night as well. Yeah, and as you know yourself, uh, now they want to take over Parky Keefe. Oh, they have taken over, sir. Didn't they want to turn? Now, for some it. reason, the people are inclined to be hiding behind their names, but sure, uh, at least they made the effort to send the message anyway. Now, back to a tea. Pat, does the public sector deserve a pay increase? James Holmes, a tea. Well, I think everybody. The public sector deserve a pay increase? Mm. Or well, a pay cut, maybe he could have said. 
Well, everybody deserves uh, a pay increase or to keep abreast of, uh, of inflation, rising fuel prices, uh, rising like electricity prices. Like, I mean, this is it. Like, it's spiraling out of control, but you have to be able to, you know, fend for yourself. And uh, until this thing is stabilized, uh, people have to be given the means. And the only way you have the means is an increase in social welfare benefits, people who are working. So the question here the is, does the does the public sector deserve a pain trace? We'll just when we say the public sector, it's hard to define the public sector. Like who, who are the public? The public sector are only workers. Some of them uh, would be taxed to the hilt. I mean, are they supposed to we say, live on the bread line? No, I, I would, I'd make no distinction there. I'd make no distinction at all for the public sector. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's people on, on the public sector that have on, on, on say, massive uh, wage, uh, we say hundreds of thousands. Well, but they don't deserve it. But right. the person that's earning a cricket in that time. Yeah. Well, the public sector. I mean, we need a public sector, but we have lost the public sector here, and uh, since the COVID and, and before they working from home, like I, I have a big, I have a big problem with them. You know, uh, there, are, there are there are there are sections, and it's it it, it really looks to have an in-depth look at it, because there are areas within the public sector, public sector workers, like who are paid for by the local authority and by the government at, at the level they need increases they need to be looked after or armies or guard or or navy and the people that work uh, in providing us the services that we need for local government and for but but there are gurus above in Dublin above the, above there well, on 150,000 a year what increase did they want I mean there are 100,000 people in this country earning more than 150,000 a year in the public sector could you believe that and and faceless people that are making decisions that affect everyone's everyone's life and that we don't know who they are but they're drawing a lot of money but I definitely object to being backdated to last February I think that's a disgrace well Tom I tell you one thing now that we, we feel very careful of and there was a survey done recently amongst younger people especially people they say young teachers young nurses they're leaving in droves because they cannot afford to live in this country. They cannot afford to put money aside. These people, if they were given a decent wage, they wouldn't be immigrating to Australia, Canada, and America. And that is a big, uh, that is a big problem coming down the line. At the moment, many secondary schools can't get teachers. What about price control? Yeah. Well, no, hold on a second. No, we say wage control, people, if people are not given enough to live, and I'm talking about younger people especially, they should be given a proper wage so that after putting their youth through college that they didn't have to uh, immigrate like, like, like people had. It's now like the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s again. They have jobs all right. Corral, they nearly want an increase every week at the present time. Yeah. Well, things we are know going that. But they are way behind already. They're yeah. way behind already. But that's of the course. section. You, you're talking about the teachers. You're talking about, about nurses. nurses and all that. Yes. Yeah, and no. you said yourself, yes, I, I, I public mean, health workers. I would be public health workers and, yeah. and the people that are support, giving the support services. I have no problem with their getting an increase. I, I mean, and they're young and fighting for it. And like to the 
about that. But you have to remember as well that there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that won't be able to get an increase and that have no, have no, these are pensionable secure jobs in, in the middle of COVID when everyone was on the breadline. These, all these individuals and all these <coughs> di- different sections within the public were all being paid and they're all getting uh, on all pensions. And so, I mean, all that should be taken into account as well. And there's, I have no problem with, with, with look, people being paid properly. None whatsoever. I mean, and that comes down to the minimum wage, the 80 cents an hour of an increase, I think, is derogatory and insulting. And I mean, and these, these are the people that I want to, I mean, promote and get up the ladder. Now we go to Ned Blake, folks, back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 14th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11 p.m. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Kowal McCarton, as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. And another caller here now. Can the panel, well, I take a simple one here first. Hello to Tom from the lady he met in the old quarter. I hoped it was early in the morning you met the lady in the old quarter. You were actually at breakfast, Pat. Over breakfast, I was having some shambled egg. Pat, you're welcome to give me a ring. Can you ask the panel if their views on GA referees being abused and intimidated at recent club matches? I thought that was always going on. In Limerick, the referees coordinator made an impassioned plea for this to stop at last night's county board meeting. Sean Egan, Bell and Gary. Thank you, Sean. Sorry for putting in my own little bit there in the middle of that. As I said, was, I, I thought it was always going on intimidation and abuse of referees. Carol, you two GLNs now fairly comment? Oh, I mean, uh, you cannot condone any, any behaviour that threatens or abuses a referee. Right, we've all, from time to time, uh, commented of, and, and probably fairly loudly. Get excited, Some, just Yeah, but you would. But uh, there is a difference between, like, and I think the referee hears them all the time, and he knows, you know, that uh, he, didn't, you know, he has made maybe some small mistake. But the person who is really threatening, uh, who is intimidating, uh, I'll never say the person who does a, a, a physical contact. No place at all for that. And anybody who does it should be banned for life. Uh, I will support the referees all the way. Some of them, look, some of them are doing their best. Some of them, uh, they do make mistakes. They have that. And, and anyway, uh, coming back to referees, uh, you will even see it at county level. Uh, this year, there was a great example of uh, the referee, Column Lyons. 
Tony Clare, uh, when Limerick played Clare, uh, he had a very poor, very poor performance. Uh, he refereed Dial Island final, I give him full marks. Now, at times, like, referees can be a bit finicky and can be, uh, can, and it, at times people perceive that they are against a certain team. And people will let you know, they'll vent their uh, It does happen, Sarah when there's yeah. 13 phrase one way and only one yes, the other yes. way is wonder, yeah. yeah, yeah well, well, Pat, like, uh, first of all, I, I would concur with, with uh, Cheryl that abuse and personal abuse and physical abuse and uh, any kind of abuse, I mean, verbal abuse is, is out completely. But definitely, like, uh, the, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be praising the current line for his performance in that island, I'll hear that anyway. And if you look at it again, you'll see that and uh, whatever whatever display he gave into, against there he didn't cover himself in glory I can't Could you explain? Yes. <laughs> well we won't go into it now because right. we'll take about well there's a the rule book there you see so if you yeah, apply yeah, the rules I will let the game flow and ignore the rules I can give you plenty of examples we say like where he where he didn't award freeze in the match and he should have and the point is that Pat this comes down to the one kernel that that, that, that is missing out of all this debate the standard of refereeing mm. and it's, I, and I have no sympathy for referees because referees have been paid. They're actually officials. They have a very important part to play in the sport of hurling and football in the, in the Gaelic game there you were talking about. And the standard of refereeing at times can be very, very poor. Now, that. That, that doesn't, as I said, at the outset, I don't condone any kind of abuse. But definitely, like, people will, when I can be criticised from the sideline, if, if I'm a coach, if I'm a player, I can be criticised out of, on, on the national newspapers. But if I'm a referee, I can similarly, I can make decisions that I can have people put off. We had a player put off last week, I mean, my club, and it was an absolute disgrace. Uh, one of our best inter-county young players have been coming up, and the club will miss him for the next match. And that's that's a definitely distressful decision. By that, I saw other game. I saw a game in the skating, and the referee there. I give him about ten marks out or one hundred, and. Uh, so I mean it is actually very very important that the standard of refereeing and the, the, the consistency of decisions are vital not because you're just favouring one team or another Tom I'm holding you there Sorry. and I agree with you as well because I've but been but Tom I'm going to ask how do you achieve that Tom okay I, I mean you, you achieve it by quality standards standards have to be highest and decision making on the field have to be authentic and they have to be consistent there is a rule book you apply that and it's very frustrating for people to be on the losing side of it. We lost in our Ireland over it yeah, yeah, in 86. Yeah. When the most legitimate goals we'd ever scored in Crow Park was disallowed. Mm-hmm. We lost the Munster final in 95 in down in Turlesey in Clare with a penalty decision that was the greatest abs- it was an action in fact an act of blackguardism to, to award the penalty mm-hmm. and the decision in the Ireland final against Wexford. Right about Tom. No, 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 no. Now moving on the national anthem I am in my 70s and learned anthem at the school word for word the players that play the GA look like they don't know any of the words of the anthem before they play the games discuss we won't discuss because time is against it but I totally agree I, with you I, yeah. I, yeah. I think there should be a, uh, I don't know what's the right word there should be a directive given when players are standing for, for the national anthem that they take off their helmets Naturally, I would agree with that. And they don't ever take off their helmets. And to attention. Yes, and stand to attention. Yes, properly stand to attention. Sarah, now you're talking. 
Yes. No respect for Dundee getting out of the way job and they're hopping and jumping and pulling. Now, I do tend to find that the Northern Ireland teams, most of them, have much more respect for the national anthem than the ones on the 26th county side of the line. Dave is in the shed in Palace Kenry. Asked the panel to discuss this. The GA of selling jerseys for 150 euros to fund the senior teams. Holiday. This is not right, making the grassroots of the game to fund holidays in this way. They made a lot of money out of Garrett Brooks' concert. That's what Dave in the shed in Palace Kenry said. I agree with him, actually. Pat, people should be... Euros for well, I don't, I don't know how accurate that is, Pat. I don't know. I didn't hear about it, but it's an outrageous amount of money to ask anyway, if it is a fact. And I don't know what what's behind it. But any the players, they deserve everything they get. The players, uh, by way of a holiday and by way of, of, of equipment and and sport and and backup, because they they are the they are the unsung heroes of all games. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about talk about uh, jerseys. I mean, you see an alternative of youngsters going along with jerseys uh, of. Uh, uh, English soccer clubs and I'm sure that their jerseys are just as expensive but I'll tell you one thing with the, with, with the recession I think the jerseys will be in the shots to play anyway well we're lucky at the moment Pat, because we have a, we have a wonderful team and I team, prefer to see know, yeah, people wearing yeah. the limit jerseys limit jerseys yeah. and that's what, we, that's what we advocate here but you see like, like everything else it's like the, it's like the anthem and, and the, the core running through tonight's program is maybe we're a bit called nationalists or maybe old-fashioned or dinosaurs but the core into our program tonight is the lack of respect we we follow the 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 foreigner all the time you know well tom if you listen like i do to the ga or the sports 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 you think to the bbc you listen to the soccer here soccer there correct you've advocated that from here for a long time yeah 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 the GA way down the line they yeah. don't get a mention now because yeah. the All-Ireland finals and everything's yeah. gone out of the way it hardly gets mentioned at all now this great to hear Kural back heard he was working hard today in Rahina also hi to Tom Ryan heard he is training hard with the Kilfenora Kelly band Mike Barrett he is indeed on the subject of GA do the panel think the Limerick GA fraternity fully appreciate the work and improvement Billy Lee has done for the Limerick football team I don't know folks why you don't put your name on those messages but we thank you for the message as well my opinion is that maybe he he, he he went away very fast for some reason I don't know why he did a fantastic job with the Limerick footballers took him from the lowest le- level possible brought him up to second division and then he walked away I don't understand myself Corral. Well, I mean, like he had spent six years with nobody but the whole team. I think he had uh, there's long journeys involved. Uh, I was told that that he mightn't be domiciled here now in uh, in Newcastle West, and that uh, you know it takes its toll. Time, life. I mean, yeah. six years is a long time to to devote. Tom, you would know that, and and I think the pressures are, are even greater now. Uh, I think now he can go with his head high and I hope the person coming after him uh, will do and will continue again again uh, we'll be thankful that we'll see some of the top clubs playing here in Bessendor in Castle West during the league well I, I, I'd like to like congratulate when Billy Lee for the work he's done you know and, uh, but like you Pat I'm surprised and he didn't 
give a, a real explanation as to why because I heard him speaking after every game they played and he was you know he looked to be enthusiastic and he was carrying the game he brought in new young players and they were enthusiastic but you see the, the sword of Emily it's like is hanging over football Limerick due to the success of the Holland team anyway mm. and maybe maybe no and he, if you see we we need in order to give uh, our opinion we need an explanation as to what really why he left he's entitled to leave he, well, had, I mean, he owes nothing to no one and he had a good job done but was he probably supported well, you're right, there are issues that I actually have had rumours coming up in the last few days and I don't put a whole lot of issue into rumours but at the same time there must be something that he just dropped for the left well Jim Gavin came up uh, up the of the, uh, the Dublin job well you won't compare him now well, no but I'm just yes, saying like, different job he was very successful Gavin was done probably about 200,000 a year like yeah. you know well, I mean, I mean like, he'd been very successful yeah. and he could have continued yeah. so, no, could have, yeah. like, people probably want to change no we hold that there we have uh, four minutes left and I suppose we, we, we couldn't end the night without uh, paying our respects or regards or a minute silence or whatever they do nowadays in relation to the Queen's death some politicians have called for a minute silence and the flag to be lowered at half mast some of our leading politicians and then we've had the situation in Northern Ireland where King Charles III, I believe, he was greeted by the numerous parties, Sinn Féin included. A big change in the times. Well, first of all, when you say the Queen, I think you should always give her her full title, the Queen of Britain. Uh, she is not the Queen of Ireland. I didn't say she was the Queen of Ireland. But like when you said the queen, queen, I mean, you should be more specific. I don't like that <laughs> word because, again, it, it, like, there's such a, a kind of, I think that is psychologically and we say subconsciously, uh, you are kind of saying that somehow or other, that she has some no say or influence over uh, she I, visited I, North of Ireland many times I know and, she did. and I know the she new did. man was and over as well talking about royalty talking about royalty uh, during all the troubles the British royalty never disowned the lightest campaign that was responsible mm. for the murder and the killing of of hundreds thousands yeah. of nationalists and Catholics yeah. and she never opened her mouth again we must bear in mind it was the royalty that divided this country back in 1921 under he opened Stormont the king of the time yeah. So, I mean, I would have no time for royalty at all. Anything that's going on at the moment is... But there, okay. seemed, there, there are political people in the north of Ireland seem to have plenty of time for royalty this week. No, I don't think... Look, there is such a thing as uh, having to kind of, you know, show... Look, when a person dies, you don't speak ill of the dead. I mean, OK, let them do their own thing. But at the end of the day... Uh, anybody who thinks that we owe anything to the writer, the writer has a lot to answer. The British writer have a lot to answer for uh, because of their conduct in this country. You're the last word, Tom. Down the centuries. Well, I mean, I, I didn't expect I mean, Miss Hiddle to give any, give any other account there, but look, uh, I, 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 would you believe it that... Um, you know, as a person, like and she was a grand old lady. We go away from the yeah. from the from the from the politics of it, and we we I I, I would be 
I was never a royalist anyway, and I never had any much time for the royal family. But as a person, she had she had a, some she she had a, 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 a charm, and also uh, she had a great uh, a great uh, the people an awful lot of people in this country liked her, yeah. liked her as a person and what she what she stood for. Now, what I was very delighted with was our performance of our politicians yesterday at Hillsborough. First of all, I mean Michael Martin, our president. I mean, or foreign affairs to go and pay their respects. I was also delighted with Alex Mactis' comments and Michelle O'Neill. I was very, very proud of them two people yesterday because they gave an exhibition, all politics, all, all politicians, and they don't play them too often. And even, you know that better. And, and said, I was proud of them yesterday because they showed that they have a standard and that they're decent people and they acted accordingly. And Thank you very much for for, for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they were they they are the public face, and they had to do it. They had to. Do no, it. They had to do they it. Had to do it. No, they had to do it. No, it was it, it was more than that. No, because but, if, uh, if, but if, but if it was the way you it was the way you do thing when it needs to be done, oh, yes. and it was done it in was a perfect. Disputed. And they showed the unity yesterday, from the north. They showed them what they are. I mean, and, and Robertson and all of them there. They were they were they were they were second class citizens yesterday when he came to Alexmacty. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of the most staunchest, I suppose, proverbs like that, that was there, and no politicians. Now, um, folks, we've we'll run out of time, yeah. and I'm sure <laughs> Corral would love to go on for a few more minutes there. But the clock has beaten us. Our thanks to Corral McCurton, Tom Ryan, and Jason Smith for doing the desk, and, and also the many people who's called in tonight. And just a quickie uh, from my own point of view, Knock uh, Fair Society were having a commemoration walk for the 175th anniversary of the famine on Sunday the 9th of October and 175 years ago this year over a thousand people walked from Ballangarry village up to the top of Nakfirna so we hope people from every place around will join that walk and remember those who suffered and died during the great famine 175 years ago this year so oh, should we should we finish our poem with our own event from the one we are not we are not last program yeah. of the night yeah, so, the last one, so Pat uh, I'd just like to say that, that um, thanks for all the, for the, all the people that uh, wish me happy birthday and send me presents and especially the middle lady yeah. there that, that we met at the old quarters to give me a ring well, and right. also I'd like to thank Michael O'Donnell and his wife Anne for their big, big bag of apples thanks Michael very much and I hope you enjoy the program and so, then with respect to Tom, you're smelling much better as well. <laughs> 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 14th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Kowal McCarton joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. <music> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.